This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans. Special edition as we break down Tennessee and Cincinnati. Cincinnati travels to Tennessee, takes one on the chin to the Tennessee Titans, Mike. I was there calling the game, and I'll tell you what, a um, little bit shocking, a little bit surprising for me that Tennessee was able to do what they did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you want to start? Well, why? Why were you surprised? Well, I'm, you do all this prep. Show them off. Uh, show your boards. Well, I've show got, off your handiwork. So look at I've this. Got, look at this. Check out the. If you can zoom in on this, check out the writing. Tell me that does not look like a seventh grade well, no, girl. That, that's on. Oh, that's on this stuff right here. That's this is where I put my notes. So this one is a seventh grade girls penmanship. Yeah. Well, this one. This one is all the stuff that gets sent to me mm-hmm. about each guy, and then this one I just have the names. And then I write my own stuff on this one, and this one is so I can hold it. So in case I forget somebody's name, I can look and go, oh, yeah, that's uh, whoever. So anyhow. Beautiful handwriting. Uh, thank you. You I pre- put the little hearts over yeah. the eyes. Yeah, little hearts over the eyes, yeah. Uh, so where do you— where Why do you were you surprised? Why were you surprised at Tennessee's domination? Well, I think, one, offensively, they were just absolutely crushed all week. They got crushed by the Cleveland Browns. And all week, everybody talked about, the only thing anybody wanted to talk about or talk about was um, the fact that this offensive line stunk. This offensive line was awful. They couldn't block anybody. They gave up, I mean, Andre Dillard, their left tackle, gave up three sacks and seven pressures in one game. Um, They just got physically dominated by the Cleveland Browns. And if you know Mike Vrabel, the head coach, and you know anything about his style and what he wants to accomplish, Mike Vrabel is is that guy that, you know, wants to win the physical battle. He wants to turn it into a fist fight. And, you know, a lot of people didn't think they had the horses to do it. I'll tell you the other thing was, as bad as the O-line was, I thought the tight ends were worse against uh, the Cleveland Browns in week three. So, you know, how are you going to create um, with an offensive line that's struggling? How are you going to create a consistent run game? How are you going to protect your quarterback? How are you going to do those things? And so that was the big question mark rolling into this game. And they answered that. Um, they answered that with flying colors. I mean, they did a phenomenal job up front. And I think it starts this way with with Tennessee. And I talked to Tim Kelly, their offensive coordinator. Um, and one of the things I asked is kind of like, how do you keep your O-line off the, the high dive, right? I mean, when you are sitting in second down and third down in long situations, it's like standing on the high dive at all times. And you, you take away all the tools an offensive line has to operate, right? You take away their tool belt and essentially say, hey, you're going to bleed. And I always talk about taking the passive out of pass protection. How do we do that? Well, you stay multiple on every down. So that was one of the keys to them is 
We have to stay multiple. So we have to stay in situations. Even if it's second down and seven, we've got to have a great nickel run package. Third down and four minus, we've got to be able to convert running the football in those situations. First down, we've got to be able to throw the ball, not only play action, but maybe some drop back when they're not expecting drop back. So stay multiple on every single down and make them play everything. Make them play play pass. Make them play run play action. Make them play, you know, run game. Make them play drop back. Make them play the boot keep game. Make them play all those things so that you have to play the game honestly as a defense. And I thought Tennessee did a great job with that. The other thing was, and I explained this on the broadcast, everybody wants to get enamored or everybody wants to get focused on, on yards per carry. I think attempts are, are more important than yards per carry. Because yards per carry will come if you get enough attempts. Eventually, especially when you have Derrick Henry, that dude is a beast. By the way, Mike, I'm standing at practice. And so I'm over by the running back drill. And the running back coach goes, you want to jump in the drill? Because we're standing right in the drill. Oh, no, let me get out of the way. And Derrick Henry goes through the bags. Oh. And bam, then he's standing next to me. One, he's legit. I'm 6'3". He's legit an inch taller than I am. And he is 250 and ripped. I mean, you're <laughs> just looking at him going, we're not, we're not of the same species. Like, th <laughs> like this dude is like, and he can run and powerful and stiff arm. And, and you give him enough attempts, eventually a defense is going to get sick of trying to tackle the dude. And man, he put it, he put it on people. So I was really impressed with the way they called the game. And then, because they had those attempts, they started running some of the play action, the hard play action, double move down the sideline. DeAndre Hopkins had a stutter go that was a big-time move and a big-time completion. Um, they they really dominated that football game um, basically by their adherence and their belief in the attempts in the running game, in the play action stuff that came off of that running game. When you meet with Mike Vrabel, when you meet with the, the Titans – did they did they feel like they'd be able to do this? Because you just saw a Cincinnati team mm -hmm. in their last game that completely dominated up front. Yeah, uh, against uh, the that Rams against the, against the Rams. And so, w was there a sense in, in your conversations with the the Titans that they thought they'd be able to do this? Fresh off what Cincinnati had managed, I think there was concern, obviously, and I think. The concern was we're going to have to play, you know, a pretty close, not perfect, but we're going to have to play really good that way. But we have got, we know that we're limited. We know that, think about this, four of their five offensive linemen um, are new starters. And one of their offensive linemen who started 17 games last year started 15 of those games at left guard. He's playing center now. So from a continuity standpoint, that's an issue. Right. And so they know that they're not good enough to just hold up and, and play drop back pass. So I think as a coaching staff, they're looking at it like, hey, Cleveland is a really good front. They're really good. But the bottom line is we have got to give our guys um, we've got to give our guys an opportunity to be successful, an opportunity to go out and slow them down, bludgeon them a little bit and then see if we can play off of that. Now, it helps when you're playing so well defensively or the other team's limited offensively. So let's let's yeah. pivot.
and get to not only what is the big story of this game, but is certainly developing as one of the big stories in the NFL right now. And that is the situation with Joe Burrow. Yeah. What, what did you, well, first of all, you talked to Joe before the game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the subject came up, right? About the calf and oh, how yeah. he's dealing with oh, it. Oh yeah. What did he share with you? Um, well, first off, the first part, you'll love this about me. Oh, yeah. You know this how, is, I, you oh, know this how is, I operate. Folks, this is stink yeah. to a T. So I've never met Joe before. So he walks in, and we shake hands. He sits down, and I say to him something to the effect of, you know, I take some some personal satisfaction and some like personal glory that um, I'm kind of responsible for your success. He goes, oh, really? How so? I go, because I prayed for your tiny little hands. <laughs> And and he's like, Such oh, hey, I I appreciate that. He's actually he's he's very dry. He's very humorous. Um, I'm very impressed with him, just as a quarterback. He talked about, hey man, playing quarterback is a lifestyle. Uh, it's all I do, and it's an art form. And you know, he downplayed the calf, but the week before against the Rams, he didn't take a snap in practice. I think he ended up taking one snap. So he was like, well, let me get some. He told Zach Taylor, their their coach, he goes, let me get some some scout team reps then. Let me just give the defense a look. And he said he hit a bang eight. Uh, bang eight, he comes in and just rips a bang eight, and and uh, which is skinny post. And um, and they're like, hey, pull him out of there before he gives our – before he, he, you know, creates an issue with the confidence of our defense. <laughs> like, uh, so he's he's – exceptional that way he downplayed the calf but there's certain things he can't do and he admitted that there's certain things i just can't do and the biggest thing he said was my escapability has been limited so you know when things break down which they're apt to do as we talk about all the time i always call it the 70 30 rule 30 percent of the time things are going to break down in those 30 percent of the time i can't make a play i can't i can't go and scramble for for a first down or I can't manipulate and and scramble away from pressure and then throw one down the football field. I can't get that done. So that's a big part of their offensive issues. I I would tell you the other thing. They are a gun offense. They're, they're operating out of the shotgun. The last three weeks um, they've had two under center snaps in the last three weeks. Now it's not like they've operated from under center a bunch, but normally you're getting 10 to 12 plays under center. You've gotten two plays in three weeks. Okay. So you're a shotgun, a shotgun, you know, football team. Well, you know, I, I asked Joe about how much your game plan is limited. And he says, well, it hasn't been limited at all, which is an absolute to me. You're, you're protecting, you know, you're protecting your, your quote unquote secrets. But when you run out of shotgun, you're very limited. There are really a handful of plays that you can run. Like I would say your 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 basic run offense has been squeezed by about 30%. Right? So that's part of it. Now all of a sudden if you're in gun near or far, I mean you have a if the tight end is right and your back's to the right, that would be gun near. If the tight ends to the right and the running backs to the left of the quarterback, that'd be gun far. Okay. The only thing you really run out of that is mid zone because you can't get to the edge. 
if you're if your running back is running strong, you can't get to the edge, and you can't hand it here and have him go that way. Uh-huh. So you're you're really running mid zone. And Zach Taylor said to me, "I've run more mid zone in the last three weeks than I've run in the last thirty years." That's how limited our run game is. So this is an acknowledgement of how limited Joe Burrow is. Yeah, and, and limited how your how how you have to limit your playbook. Right. He said, "I had to take a play out." I had to take a play out on Friday because I wanted to run a wide stretch, probably from under center, and Joe can't get the ball out on a wide stretch handoff, on a wide zone handoff, because it's too much stress on the calf. So he's playing hurt. Like His toughness is unquestioned. His leadership is unquestioned. But here's the thing that happens to you. So not only do you eliminate a big portion of your run game, Mike, but now all your hardcore run action, play action is gone. What do you, like all you have in play action is RPO stuff. That's pretty much it. And then on top of that, like your whole game is quick game, right? So how do you push the ball down the field when everybody's playing shell against you? Cause that's what they're doing. They're making you throw it underneath. And your whole game is essentially quick game because my quarterback can't extend the play at all. So what Tennessee did, and you got to tip your cap to Tennessee, they lined up, whether they were using an extra defensive lineman or an extra linebacker, they're lining up and basically creating one-on-ones across the board. So they're saying, hey, man, we're going to walk a linebacker up and walk him up over the guard. So now you have to go man, 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 mingo, 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 man, right? I got this guy. You got that guy, and they're getting Jeffrey Simmons, one of the best players in the National Football League, locked up, head up over a center. And they're saying, if you can't complete the quick game, if you don't throw the bubble screen, we're going to get to you before you can make a throw. And so then you couple that with coverage. Like, hey, do we press a guy? Do we, you know, do we get in a throwing lane? How do we do that? Do we? And so now all of a sudden, offensively, you're even more limited because you can't extend plays and you don't feel comfortable because you're not blocking them up of throwing a real drop back that has a hitch or two. So they're, they're exceptionally limited um, in, in multiple facets. And that's going to be, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's why they're one and three right now. So what do you do? You're one and three and you're limited on offense. Right. And this is your franchise. This is your $250 million guy. Right. What do you, what do you do? Do you come away from this game? Because this this to me is, is is everything. If you're a Bengals fan, can you manage this? Can you make this work somehow for the rest of the season, or do you have to shut them down for a while? I would have I would have probably shut them down before they played the Rams. Um, their thought is we're going to manage him and see if we can throw our way out of this thing. But you know. I would say this, think about you know, all the times you see the fake handoff from under center, the boot keep out the backside, easy progression, one, two, and three for your quarterback and all that stuff. All that's gone. You can't run it because he can't explode out of there and protect himself. All of a sudden you've got that quarterback holding that edge and all those edge players can't constrict on the running back if you hand the ball off. It's gone because you can't run a fake boot. Like there's, they're just very limited on what they can and can't run, and that's what is totally affecting the Cincinnati Bengals right so now. So you got Cardinals, Seahawks next two weeks, then you got to buy. 
just try to get him to the bye yeah. somehow and yeah. then use that bye. I, w- I will say this. He couldn't practice at all before that Rams week. He practiced last week. Now, offensively, they got stymied, and there's a lot of things that factor into that. They put a great drive together right off the bat, and then Tennessee started getting pressure on every down. Like I said, five guys across um, and really eliminated uh, Cincinnati's ability to put any sustainable drives together, and it also worked in shutting down their run game to a degree. Um, But... I will tell you, he, he was better this week. As long as he didn't have any setbacks in this game, I didn't see anything that looked like he could have potentially grabbed or, or anything like that. As long as he's continuing to get better week in and week out, you hope when he gets to that bye week that he's right and that they can all of a sudden put a, you know, put a, put a couple of games together and, and maybe you win one or two, one or two, one of two of the, the next two games you get to the bye week and, and then you hope you can roll out of the bye week. So, but those are the things that are going on with Cincinnati right now that are really costing this football team and, and really limiting their offense and, and their offense production. So tip of the cap to, to the Titans because they played a really good game and um, some issues that they're going to have to deal with and try to get through here in the next couple of weeks for Cincinnati. Makes right. sense? Makes sense. All right. Good stuff. Good work. There you go. For uh, everybody involved in the Stink Truth Podcast, we thank you so much, Cincinnati and Tennessee, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we'll be back with you later on in the week.